you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks presented by the Ford F-Series. He's Bucky Brooks. I am Daniel Jeremiah. This is one of our three Move the Sticks podcasts that we have going. Three week, Buck, but we got one video. This is the video podcast. So if you're listening to this right now, you can catch the video of this and see some of the highlights and breakdowns we'll have to go along with the commentary. And that that Thursday show, the video show, which again, also on audio, you can find that NFL.com slash MTS video. And that uh, that's where we that's where we call it home. I mean, that's where we call it home. But I'm excited today because we're going to talk about a couple of unbeaten teams, the Atlanta Falcons and the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to drop some nuggets from my notebook. Then we're going to talk about the Washington Redskins defense. And we're going to talk about how teams can learn from the Tyreek Hill experiment. Yeah, Tyreek Hill and how teams are using him. You've got some real fascinating stuff there, Buck. Also have Deshaun Watson breaking down his big start last week against New England and what we can expect from him in the upcoming week. And then we've got our college picks. But the real, the real headliner here, Christian Kirk, one of the best players in college football, Texas A&M, very, very explosive wide receiver coming off a big game. He's going to join us live on the show today. I mean, it's a lot of stuff to get to. We need to get right into it. All right, let's jump. We're going to jump right in now. we got two undefeated teams, two at 3-0. Talk about the Falcons and the Chiefs. I thought we'd kind of look at both these squads, their matchups, and how confident we are that they're going to remain undefeated after this week. Let's start with the Falcons, Buck, at home against the Buffalo Bills. Well, I mean, this is a tough game because when you look at the Buffalo Bills, they have an offense that doesn't appear to have like a lot of showstoppers on the outside. Not a lot of superstars. They have Shady McCoy and a quarterback, Tyrod Taylor. But really, it runs through Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor is a dual threat playmaker guy who's very, very safe and efficient with the ball. Does a great job of getting it to the playmakers that they do have. And he's not going to turn it over. Plus, he brings some of that improvisational uh, ability on the outside. He can make plays with his legs to sustain drives. And when you pair him with LaShawn McCoy, you really got to stop a very, very tough and versatile running game. And this is a team very confident coming off a big win against the Denver Broncos. Tyrod Taylor, you touched on him not turning the ball over. That's going to be key if the Bills have any shot in this one, protecting the football. And then on the other side, they're going to get some turnovers. And when you look at the Falcons last week, they were in a tight battle with Detroit. And one of the reasons 
because you had some turnovers there from Matt Ryan. Now, you point the turnovers and you can try and find fault in, in some of them. And, okay, it's not all on the quarterback. But the, the matter is you turned it over. And if Buffalo can generate some of those turnovers, get Matt Ryan to flip the ball to him, they got a shot in this thing. They absolutely have a shot because the Buffalo Bills defense is playing pretty good under Leslie Frazier. Uh, Sean McDermott has done a great job of kind of getting these guys to buy into more of a blue-collar mentality, blue-collar work ethic when it comes to the way that they play. Their young quarterback, Davis White, is a guy that is going to be the AFC rookie, defensive rookie of the month. And so there are a lot of things going in their direction. But when you're the Atlanta Falcons, you have a high-powered offense. You have a new play caller in Steve Sarkeesian. You're still trying to find your way. You're trying to really learn how to use all the weapons. And the main weapon that they want to use, Julio Jones. Sarkeesian talked in the offseason about really making sure that Julio Jones is a priority in the red zone. I think we will continue to see that going forward. Look for them to run the ball with Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman. But eventually they're going to get to the play-action passing game because the big plays to Julio Jones typically come off those play-action passes. All right, let's, let's, let's look at the confidence meter here, Buck. And confidence that the Falcons are going to remain undefeated after the Buffalo Bills leave town. Get one to ten. Give me your confidence meter. Oof, I'm going to go nine. I'm going to go nine. I mean, look, you, you got it at home. When they play at home, and I know it's still kind of breaking in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But, it's a pretty stadium. Uh, it is very pretty. But I think it's a home field advantage. I think they're going to play well. I think we'll see them look like the Falcons this weekend. All right. Chick-fil-A will not be open for this game, and uh, neither will the Buffalo Bills receive. <laughs> I'm going to go 9.5 on my confidence. Meter. All the way in. Yeah, look, I, I would be shocked. If Buffalo can beat Denver last week, come back and go on the road and beat the Falcons, tip of the cap to the Bills, uh, I just don't see that happening. All right, the Chiefs also undefeated. They've got a tough one now. They've got the Washington Redskins coming to town. Redskins coming off a big win over Oakland. Uh, you look at this Redskins team, Buck. Man, the way Kirk Cousins played last week, especially getting Chris Thompson involved, uh, this, this is a tough. This is a tough matchup for the Chiefs. Yeah, it's a tough matchup because when you look at the identity of the Washington Redskins, I think they finally found it. Look, last year they had Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Gasson. More of the balls went out wide, outside the numbers. Really featured the wide receivers. Now they have Chris Thompson, they have Vernon Davis because Jordan Reed wasn't available, and Jamison Crowder. They really worked the inside part of the field, really got it to those guys because that's where the favorable matchups are. I think Kirk Cousins has done a great job of evolving his game to make sure that he can take advantage of the weapons that they have. Yeah, he's done a nice job. Kirk's done a nice job. And then, look, sprinkle it in down the field to Josh Doxson. Just one catch last week, but he made it count. So if they can pay off some of this underneath passing, some of this physical rushing attack with a really underrated offensive line, then take a couple shots down the field. But to me, the story in that Raiders game, flip over to the other side of the ball, that Redskins defense. Man, Redskins defense played lights out. My former teammate, Greg Minuski, is their new defense coordinator. He has talked about they wanted to beat the crap out of people. They want to physically (laughs) beat you up. But then in the back end, they want to play with vision on the quarterback. And in looking at the tape of this game against the Oakland Raiders. They dominated the line of scrimmage up front. They were able to get a four-man rush. Jim Tom Sula has done a really good job of getting this D-line going. And then in the back end, they played a lot of zone, mixed in some man-to-man, kind of squatted on those routes because they didn't think Crabtree and Amari Cooper could run past them. But they didn't have to blitz. Only blitzed on 8% of their defensive snaps that game. Coming into that game, they had blitzed 44% of the time. They felt like they had a favorable matchup up front. And because they could win with four, they were able to leave seven in coverage and really make it tough for Derek Carr. Uh, you want some more of that analysis. Bucky's got you covered in this Scouts Notebook this week. Uh, NFL.com slash Scouts Notebook. A couple gems in there, including some more stuff on that Redskins defense, Buck. We flip it over to the Chiefs defensively. How big is it for them to have Justin Houston back? It got him got home on some pressure last week on some some twists and some stunts. But man, just having him healthy. I know you, you have the injuries in the back end, but man, 
up front, they're as good as anybody. Absolutely. And the front end will make the back end better because pressure, disrupting the timing and rhythm of the quarterback's uh, cadence in the pocket, it affects the way the ball comes out and allows your guys in the back end to not have to cover as long. That is what the Kansas City Chiefs are able to do. They can throw a bunch of different things at you. they got a bunch of fastballs. You have Justin Houston. You have D. Ford. You have other guys who can rush the passer. And then in the back end, Marcus Peters is still emerging, but he may already be the best corner in football. Great job with his hands. And the other guy on the other side, Terrence Mitchell, two interceptions against the Chargers. He's being able to hold down his part of the field. That allows the Chiefs to be very, very aggressive in coverage. And they're, they're also in a big play offense because you've got two guys, Tyreek Hill, who we knew with his explosiveness, Kareem Hunt, not just pounding the ball on side buck, not catching the ball to the backfield, hitting home runs, a big kind of a walk-off against the Chargers with that long run last week. I'm beginning to think that maybe I was a little too low in my assessment of Kareem Hunt. I think everybody was. Not only during his season at Toledo, but watching him at the Senior Bowl, I thought he was a good player, and I think maybe I gave him a third-round grade, which is where he went, but I didn't know that he could come out the gates and be this kind of impact player. When you look at this Kansas City Chiefs team with Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, you have Alex Smith playing in his comfort zone in an offense that is really catered to him. This offense is terrific, and they have a complimentary defense that gives them a chance. They may be, and it's going to sound crazy, they may be the best team in the AFC. Well, why don't you expand it? I mean, they may be the best team because when I look at them compared to the New England Patriots, and I know they squared off in week one, and we were kind of surprised at the result. But when you look at the balance, I don't know what their glaring weakness is because now that Alex Smith is pushing the ball down the field, they can run it, they can throw efficiently short, they can push it down the field to get big plays. On defense, they can hunt the quarterback without blitzing. They have cover guys behind them. I don't know if they have a weakness because when you factor in the kicking game, they also deliver explosive plays in that phase. Where's the weakness for the Kansas City Chiefs? Oh, that's a fair point. So then that leads me to my next question, that confidence meter. They got the Redskins coming to town. Your confidence that the, the Chiefs end up 3-0 and at the end of this weekend. 1-10, to what you got? Who I got an 8. So I, I, oh. I think, I think, I think they, they go. I like the Washington Redskins. I like the way they're playing, and I like what they're doing defensively. I just believe the deception, the trickery, the, the smoking mirrors, they find a way to create big plays. I think they find a way to create a couple big plays. Look for them to maybe take advantage of Josh Norman being a little – no, is he back there? I guess this is uh, the fourth week of the season, so it would actually make him 4-0, not 3-0. and I'm going to put it at 6. Maybe not as confident as you. I think they win the game, but I think the Washington Redskins, if they do what they did last week, control the ball offensively, dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides, I think it's going to be a really competitive football game. I think it's a close game. I still lean towards the Chiefs, but maybe not as confident as you are here, I mean, Buck. yeah, 6. Come on, DJ. Six. Just a 6. I and mean, look, almost, it's, it's better than It's almost like getting a C for showing up in class. Hey, C's, C's get degrees. Uh, <laughs> let's go to uh, something else you talked about. I, I teased a little earlier, your scout's notebook. One of the topics you had, talking about Tyreek Hill of the Chiefs and how maybe that's a formula we can see other teams try and copy. I mean, when you go back and look at Tyreek Hill, you look at draft, fifth-round pick. He was a guy that bounced around from Oklahoma State. He had a heinous – Well, I mean, he got uh, in trouble. That's why he, he would have yeah. been picked higher than the Absolutely. fifth round. Absolutely. His track star holds the school records in the 60 and the 200 at Oklahoma State. So, he's a big-time player. He was a running back who has made the transition to being a wide receiver. When I look at this young class of running backs, guys that are these hybrids that we talk about, the Christian McCaffrey's, the Tariq Cohen's, the Alvin Kamars, these are guys that can impact the game, not only running the ball inside and outside, but in the passing game. 
When I look at what the Kansas City Chiefs have been able to do with Tyreek Hill, they've been very, very creative in how they deploy him. Sometimes they put him outside. Sometimes they put him in the backfield. I believe for those three guys and the way their teams are constructed, they need to get more playmaking, more scoring potential out of their offense. I think these guys can take some of the plays that Kansas City is using and really make them catered and specific to McCaffrey, Cohen, and also Kamara to get big plays for them. Well, let's look at these individuals here. With McCaffrey, you've got a quarterback in Cam Newton who's been scuffing a little bit. So he got him the ball a bunch last week. Continue to use him in different ways. Get those easy completions. Not only are the, it's an efficient offense, it gets the confidence going a little bit for your quarterback. Take some pressure off him. Those are easy completions, and McCaffrey can give you something after the catch. I'd like to see a little bit more from him after the catch than, than what we've seen thus far. Then go to the next one with Tariq Cohen quarterback situation again stay stay right there Mike Glennon give him some easy throws give him some confidence get him rolling so it makes sense with those first two guys no and, and they don't have a receiver so if you don't have a receiver your two best players are Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen you have to find a way to keep both of those guys on the field at the same time and in Cohen you have a guy that can line up outside in the slot play wide catch the ball run some routes and make plays so I think it makes sense to find a way to feature Cohen as a wide receiver slash running back and then you go to Alvin Kamara or the last one that you they got to get him on the field well, th- th- this is this is you know look at how they use Darren Sproles successfully for so long long with Drew Brees in that offense so the formula is there for them they don't even need to go to Tyreek Hill they can just go what they used to do with Darren Sproles absolutely isolate him put him on the outside we saw him make a big play against the Carolina Panthers running the ball we've seen him catch the ball out the backfield deliver these explosive plays he needs to be on the field more and if that comes at the expense of Adrian Peterson I think you have to do it because this is a big play league explosive chunk plays matter you have to find a way to put your best players in position to make those plays. All right, again, that's uh, another little nugget from your notebook, nfl.com slash scouts notebook. That's every week for Bucky's insight there. Good stuff, Buck. Uh, let's go to a poll question. Oh, I like polls. We, we've put out a little poll question for you. Which franchise is most likely to bounce back after a disappointing week three loss? You see the results here. It was Denver, Oakland, Seattle, or Pittsburgh. Ooh, the and the Raiders. fans have said the Raiders, 38% to the Seahawks, 22 Steelers 22, Broncos 18%. So a lot of confident Raider folks out there. And they're confident against the Denver, Denver Broncos. Yeah, that's not, it's not an I mean, it's not a, layup. Uh, not a this, layup. Let's break down this game a little bit. By the way, over 3,000 fans voted in that, so nicely done. Um, to me, when I look at this football game, Buck, I start with the Broncos' run defense. And when you look at what they've done thus far this season, you see a board of it right here and who they've been able to shut down I mean, they're first in every category. I mean, they're not getting – nobody's running the ball. 2.7 yards uh, – oh, come on. It's it's ridiculous. 2.6 yards, I should say. Shut down Melvin Gordon. They've shut down Zeke Elliott. They've shut down Shady McCoy. I mean, they're going to make it tough. So, what they're going to do, their intent is to take Marshawn Lynch away and put the game on Derek Carr. And the reason they want to put it on Derek Carr is because – you now get the opportunity to unleash Von Miller and his his crew, and they get to come after the quarterback. And you have to feel good about your matchups on the outside with the no-fly zone taking on Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. Those guys couldn't get off against the Washington Redskins, and the Washington Redskins don't have necessarily the talent that the Broncos have in the back end. So, yes, if they can stop the run on early downs and force Derek Carr into long situations, I think this could be a long day for the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, look, they got to protect better. Derek Carr got hit early in this game. You saw that's his first pass play of the game that was picked off. Never never was comfortable. The running game was eliminated, and I think when you look at this Broncos team, they're going to take away Marshawn Lynch in that run game. It's going to come down to Derek Carr, he's going to have to play better. The guys in front of him are going to have to play better as well. Yeah, and Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree, they have to separate. Their biggest issue has been when people have walked up and really played man-to-man on those guys. They can't consistently get open. 
sometimes it, it may require the coaching staff to come up with some rub routes, some stack formations, some bunches to try and create space. But against the Denver Broncos, they're not going to give you those those free yardage. They're not going to give you easy access to your routes. So these guys are going to have to work and win on the outside. All right, that's, uh, that's a game I believe we cover in the NFL Pick'em Show on Saturday morning. Right. You can check that out. Uh, 9 a.m. behind the glass, is that what time we're going, uh, NFL Pick'em Show? Yep, 9 a.m., and it, uh, it airs four times, so there's a bunch of, uh, bunch of chances for you to, to watch that show. Yeah, NFL Pick'em. So we'll break that game down a little bit further. We're not going to spoil it with our picks. You have to, to hang around for that one. All right, let's go through this rookie leader. Board. This is something we do every week on the show. Trying to take a glimpse here of, of who's doing what from this rookie class. And we start here with the rookie rushing leaders and ho-hum. No surprise here, Bucky. It's been the same name at the very top of this list throughout the season. I mean, the way to come out with a bang, when you come out like he came out that first week, and then he's been able to sustain it. You're talking about three play three touchdowns over 50-plus yards. He's had one in each game, and then his ability to run. But there are also some notable names there. Dalvin Cook, who we thought in the draft was going to be a special player. Leonard Fournette is there. But down at the bottom, your guy, Tariq Cohen. There he is. A nice find for the Chicago Bears. And when I look at the Bears, I'm really excited about what they're able to do on offense. And the receiving leaders, you see McCaffrey there at the very top of the list, followed by Evan Ingram, Kareem Hunt, Gerald Everett, Cooper Cup, and Tariq Cohen shows up on the receiving board as well. Look at the sack leaders. Carl Lawson coming off a big game with a couple sacks. He's got two and a half. Uh, Dietrich Wise with two. Josh Josh Jones, Jones? the safety with two sacks for Green Bay. And T.J. Watt, who has missed a little time with two sacks. Interceptions. I mean, is there anybody a surprise right here? He's I mean, natural, Malik Hooker. That's all he does. Natural center fielder makes plays on the ball. As long as they have the opportunity to sit back in zone coverage, he's going to make a ton of plays as a center fielder. All right, and then finally here we look at the passing leaders from uh, from so far this season. And, look, there's there's only a couple guys up here, but Deshaun Watson has clearly been the best of the bunch. He has been the best of the bunch. He does a really good job of making plays. Kaiser has also – shown the ability to throw the ball. You would like to see Kaiser's completion percentage go up, and he has to cut down on the turnovers. Three to seven touchdown interception rate is not what you want. And Deshaun Watson, though, we've seen a calm, cool customer, a guy who really understands and thrives in the biggest moments. Now, speaking of Deshaun Watson, I thought this would be a good time. Break down what we saw from him last week, Buck. I think we saw the poise that that we raved about with him in the run-up to the draft. You saw it on this stage. The stage was not too big for him at all going into England. Got a chance to beat a very good football team in the Patriots and overcame some mistakes early as well. So I think you saw the whole thing that you wanted to see from Watson. You saw him be successful. You saw him struggle, which we knew would happen, but then I saw him bounce back from that. So overall, I came away very impressed. I was very impressed. It comes down to the three Ps for me. I saw the poise. I saw the playmaking. I saw the production. This is a guy that has always been a player that's been very, very effective in big games. And this was a big start for him on the road against the defending Super Bowl champions, and he really handled it. Had his team in a position to win games. In fact, you could argue that they should have won the game based on how he played. I think if you're the Houston Texans, you feel good about how your young quarterback is progressing. Yeah, one thing he needs to work on, just protecting the ball inside the pocket. You saw Cassius Marsh get home, pop the ball out. You saw him force a couple footballs, which is – that's the normal thing you're going to see from the rookie quarterbacks. I just love the resiliency to hang in the pocket, work through your progression, and make big throws. Yeah, a couple boo-boos in Interception here, there. You get, you take a sack, you put the ball on the ground. But the way he bounced back, that was the most impressive thing. It is the most impressive aspect because you want to see how people respond to adversity. He responded in an outstanding fashion. I think you can build upon that if you're the Houston Texans, particularly because you're going in a sh- tough stretch in your schedule. Yeah, look at this game. What do you think? Titans this week. Uh, man, this is uh, not an easy one. No, it's not an easy one. It's a tough one because the Titans are running the football effectively. We saw them kind of bully the Seattle Seahawks. 
it's going to be tough. And, in fact, I'm leaning towards the Titans, but we'll see. I still got a couple days to make that final pick. You got a couple days. I'm going to say watch out for Deshaun Watson as a runner in this game. Now, this is going to be a fun matchup of young quarterbacks we're going to see for a long time in this division. Marcus Mariota's playing good football. Deshaun Watson showing some signs. It's going to be fun to watch those guys go at it in this game. All right, Buck, let's, uh, let's transition to the college game now. And I, I love getting guests on here, but I really love it when we get one of the best, the very best players in college football, and that's what we got right now in Texas A&M's Christian Kirk. Throws, has a man, wide open, and that's Kirk. Kirk's going to score. 81 yards, and that just brought the Aggies to within a point. Be Kirk from the 1, 10, 20, 30, sideline. He's at the 50. He's turning on the Jets. 99 yards. <laughs> touchdown, Kirk. Bond throwing. Got a man. Is that a touchdown? It is touchdown, Texas A&M. Kirk caught it in OT. Oh, those were fantastic radio calls, courtesy of Dave South from Learfield. As we welcome in one of the best wide receivers in college football, Texas A&M's Christian Kirk. Christian, how, was it enjoyable? I know it's fun to watch yourself and watch highlights. How about just listening to the radio calls of some of your big plays from that game? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, Dave South always does a great job, you know, with our uh, our games and, and calling those big-time moments. So it's it's always fun, you know, especially after the game to hear those. You know, Kirk, obviously we have a bit of a history. You were a two-time attendee of the opening. And so watching you from high school to watching you perform on this big stage, um, for you, did you think that you would be able to kind of make your mark on the college football landscape like you have thus far in your career? You know, uh, you know, part of me, you know, I was, always had confidence in myself to be able to, you know, come out on a stage like this and uh, be able to have success and, you know, be, be a big-time player in this league. Uh, you know, it's all, you know, I, I all credit to, to the hard work. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you always got to have that feeling of, you know, it's just surreal to, to just have dreams, you know, growing up and uh, watching guys before you, you know, come on this stage and, and make big time plays and uh, to be able to go out there and do it yourself. It's, uh, it's always a blessing to think about. Now, going through the opening, coming through high school, all everything recruit, but I've noticed in just studying your play at A&M, I see improvements you're making each and every year, and then even game to game, I'm seeing some of the different things that you're doing and adding to your game. What did you focus on this last offseason? What were you trying to get better at, and, and where are you trying to go from here? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the main things that I worked on the most was being able to identify coverages. I knew going into this season just from the coaches uh, that I'd be seeing – you know, mainly, you know, a lot of double teams and, you know, just seeing a lot of a lot of different defenses, you know, especially on the back end uh, with their coverages. So identifying defenses, you know, before the ball is snapped and then, you know, you can always get better on your route running at the top of your routes, creating separation and whatnot. Uh, it, it, it really helped a lot. And, you know, something that, you know, I made sure and I made a point of emphasis in the offseason. You know, Kurt, you, you, you've had to play with, um, I want to say, like a new quarterback, a young quarterback, Kellen Mond has come in. Um, how challenging is it for you as a veteran to kind of break in a young quarterback that's still trying to find his way in the college game when you know that you're capable of making plays and sometimes he may not be able to get there, get the ball to you because he's just not prepared? Yeah, you know, there's definitely been some growing pains. Uh, you know, just, you know, look, when you look back week one through three, uh, you know, especially in the UCLA game, he got thrown into the fire after uh, Nick Starkle went down and, you know, he had to grow up fast and, you know, that's something you just got to be patient with. You know, I had to, to, to just learn to be patient 
uh, work with him, make sure I'm constantly communicating with him. And, you know, I can't expect every ball to be there. can't expect every ball to be perfect. Uh, so that's that's more on me for to, to get open for him and help him out and to make things easier, you know, on him. And just to, as a receiver group for us, uh, we're always talking about making sure that we make things easier on him. And, you know, whenever the ball's in the air, you know, it should just be it should be our ball. It shouldn't be a 50-50 ball. It should, should be our ball every time. So just uh, going out there and trying to make things, you know, easier on him. Now, when we study on tape, Christian, we come up with a couple comparisons ourselves when you look at you and how you relate to guys already in the NFL. Is there a player that comes to mind for you when you look at a comparison, someone you watch on Sundays, you try and model your game after? Uh, you know, I, when it comes to guys that I watch a lot in the NFL, um, you know, we're, we're blessed to have uh, the type of resources where we can watch you know, all the top receivers. Um, obviously, you know, Odell is a guy I watch a lot, Jarvis Landry, um, Stephon Diggs, guy more, you know, of my stature, same type of body build. But, you know, I still watch, um, you know, guys like Mike Evans who came through here and, and played and was an All-American here. Uh, I watch Julio Jones, you know, just the taller guys and try to pick pieces from, from each one of their games and try to put it within my game. So, um, you know, anything that I can grab that I think that will help me you know, I, I always try to watch it and see what they do best. The One of the guys that came to mind when I've watched you, I don't know how much you pay attention to Golden Tate and watch what he's done throughout his career, but Golden Tate, I kind of see that same. You have that kind of a running back build, and you have that strength, and you see that after the catch, but the quickness and the toughness that Golden Tate brings to the table. When I study you, I see kind of a Golden Tate, maybe with a little bit of a turbo jet uh, strapped to his back <laughs> a little bit. That's what I see when I watch you. You pay any attention to what he's done in his career? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. You know, he's an awesome player. Uh, was really good at Notre Dame as well. I've always watched his highlights uh, while he was there. And, you know, like you said, he's just he's a physical guy. Uh, will do anything that you ask him to do, and he's great after the catch. And, you know, that's something that, you know, I model my game after as well is just being able to, to get those tough yards after the catch. And thinking about the run after the catch, you are obviously a returner, a distinguished return man. How does that carry over when you're playing wide receiver? What are you able to take from your return skills to put into play when you have the ball in the open field as a receiver? Yeah, you know, especially when you're a returner, um, you know, the main thing is focusing on catching the ball first. And then, you know, once you catch the ball, you got to get your eyes down quick and be able to see the field and uh, be able to hit the hole and, and see where the defenders are. And uh, That's the same thing at a receiver. You know, you're, you're focused on the ball the whole time. And, you know, once you catch the ball and you get your eyes up, uh, it's it's an instant where you have to make make a guy miss or you know see where the open space is. So that definitely helps uh, being able to to have that vision and uh, react to players coming after you. You know after you catch the ball. You know it's some it's interesting because you talked about your return ability and DJ compared you to Golden Tate. I saw a little Julian Edelman, and part of the reason I saw Julian Edelman is I believe you play with a little bit of an attitude. There's some feistiness to your game. Do you feel like you have a little bit of that in you when you play? Oh, without a doubt. Um, it gets me going, you know, especially when it's a physical game and, uh, you know, you, you feel that contact. And uh, th that's part of the game. That's why I play the game because it's physical. And, uh, you know, I, I love it. You know, I played defense in high school. So you, it's fun to have, you know, that little bit of defensive mindset and uh, being able to just, uh, you know, like I said, play that, that, that physical game. And uh, I love it. Well, I could sit here and talk football with you all day. we got to jump to our three H questions, though. This is what we ask to all the prospects when they're coming through during the draft. No, you're still in the middle of your college season here, Christian, but let's start off with your greatest highlight. What's been the greatest highlight in your athletic career? 
Um, you know, it has to be uh, winning the state championship um, I, in high school. I was, you know, fortunate to win three of them uh, my freshman, junior, and senior year. Uh, but it had to have been my senior year winning the state championship and, and going out and uh, winning it with guys that I've played football with uh, since Pee Wee, uh, since about, you know, third and fourth grade and, and growing up with them and then, you know, going out. Uh, our senior year and winning the high school cha- state championship was awesome. What'd you do in that championship game, by the way? You remember? Uh, yeah, I did a lot. Um, <laughs> I'm, pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I had a kickoff return in that one. Uh, I think I ended with at least four or five touchdowns, and ah, no it was just deal. fun fun to lead them to to a state championship, and it, it was uh obviously one to remember. Well, we often we often learn from our biggest hardships. What has been the greatest hardship? The greatest thing you've had to overcome? Yeah, you know, um, I think a lot of it is 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 challenging yourself to to not try to live to expectation, not trying to live up to other people's expectation, and just you know going out there and play the game of football. I think nowadays, especially with how social media is and you know all the critique that's out there, you know a lot of guys try to try to live up to you know what what the media thinks of them, what other people thinks of them, instead of just going out there and playing the game. You know, for the reason why you, you started playing it and just remembering why you play and just going out there and having fun. So I think, you know, that was something, you know, I challenged, you know, I got challenged with here and there, you know, within my career. It's just, um, you know, trying not to, to, to play for, for somebody else and, and go out there and just play, you know, for your teammates and, 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 you know, for yourself. I'll tell you what, this is a mature dude right here. All right, last one. Who is your hero, Christian? Uh, it, it's got to be my dad, uh, without a doubt. Um, you know, just the, with the hard work and discipline that he instilled in me um, at an early age, you know, along with the help of my mom. But, you know, just seeing my dad and, you know, where he's come from and just how uh, successful he's been able to be, you know, and attributes that all the hard work. And he's been tough on me and he, he loves on me as well. But he's for sure my hero. I'll tell you what, one of the most electric players in college football Man, one of, one of the best interviews we've ever had, too, Absolutely. here. Christian, man, we, we've enjoyed getting to visit with you. We wish you and your team the best of luck down the stretch here or through the, through the re- remainder of the season, and uh, I'm sure we'll be catching up with you down the road. Awesome. Thank you. Bucky, we've done a lot of these. I don't know if I've, I've been more impressed with a player than with Christian Kirk. What a mature guy. Very mature. He's a pro. I mean, he, he checks off all the boxes that you look for when you're scouting in terms of what the intangible qualities you want in a young player that you bring it onto your, your squad. He has all that stuff. I mean, I, very impressive interview. I've known him since he was a high schooler. He's been the same since the day. Now, you had him. You actually had him speak to the campers this year. Yeah, so we year. had him come to the camp. He came to the opening this year. He and Kevin Ridley and a couple other guys spoke to the campers. And, look, he conveyed the same message. He is very serious and diligent about what he wants to accomplish as a player. And so I commend him for that. But I really commend him for the fact that he had a plan to graduate. He's probably going to graduate in three years. And so – Go in with a plan, work the plan, execute the plan. He's done that. Yeah, no question. All right, we're uh, we're going to get to our college picks here in just a second. But before we do, again, real quick, NFL Pick'em Show, that's Saturdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on NFL Network, where we run through all the games. So all the different podcasts come together. It's a fun little show there, and we pick all the NFL games for the weekend. So you can check that out Saturday, 9 a.m. Eastern on NFL Network. All right, Buck, let's get to these college games, unfortunately. Uh, we have to show the standings and what that looks like here with you, myself, Kent, and Sully. And Kent, once again, right at the tippy top of the list, 29 and 15. Sully, 27 and 17. 
Bucky, 26 and 18, although one of those 26 wins was you picking against your alma mater, something hey. I'll never do, and I'm down there in the bottom 23 and 21. That's okay. You started. It's not okay. I'm just, I'm just trying to be in pole position. It's not I, okay. I hate that they didn't put up my individual success for the week. I, I feel like that 9 and 2 thing should go up. There. Yeah, yeah, 9 and 2 last week. Bravo. Golf I mean, not clap. like I was keeping up. Not golf like golf up. clap. We're nicely done. All right, let's, uh, let's jump into the games we have. Oh, thank you very much back there. A little golf clap. Let's jump into this week's game, the two-pointer. We have Clemson going to Blacksburg to take on Vatek. I mean, that normally would be a tough game. Sandman, they play a little different up there. They got a lunch pail and all that behind the bench. Guys are going. Team looks good. Uh, Fuentes has done a great job putting this team together. But I just think Clemson is too good, too good at too many different key areas, too many playmakers. They get the win. I think Virginia Tech hangs around for a long time in this game. Saw these teams match up in the ACC championship game last year, went and watched it, and uh, they're very competitive. I think it's going to be a close game, but I do like Clemson to win it. I just think the Clemson defensive line with what they can do, control that line of scrimmage, I think the score is going to be low. And, and look, I, Clemson just finds a way to get a couple big plays. That's all they're going to need. That's all they're going to need. And the guy that we showed in the steals, Christian Wilkins, is a terrific player. He's very, very similar to me to Sheldon Richardson when I watched Sheldon Richardson at Missouri, a guy that can play anywhere from the one technique all the way outside. He intrigues scouts. I can't wait to see what he does on a big game. All right, so we went clean sweep. All four of us went with Clemson there. A huge game Friday night in the Palouse. USC, everybody's pointing to this as a trap game. On the road last week against Cal. Come back on a short week, travel again on the road, and go up to the Palouse to take on a Washington State team that is 4-0, led by Luke Falk. This is a great quarterback matchup. This There's going to be a zillion scouts at this one. A million scouts will be at this one, but this is when I think we see the real USC show up. I know they had a tough game, a close game against Cal. I don't think that happens this Friday. I believe they go up there and they take care of business. They make life miserable for Luke Falk. Everybody is calling for the upset in this one around the country. They're saying this is going to be like Oregon State used to be for this USC football team when they were rolling. They go up there on a Thursday night, it'd be wet and rainy and nasty in Corvallis and they would have a stinker and lay an egg. I'm with you, though. I like USC to come out and play some good football. Kent says USC as well. Sully lone wolf in it with, uh, with Wazoo. Sully. He, he, Sully. He, just, Sully. Right. he just picked Wazoo so he could use that drop. Sully must That's know. correct. That's the sole reason that he, he must, dropped that he one. I'm, I'm all in on fault, guys. He must know somebody. He must know somebody. He must know somebody at Wazoo. That's he, why he went no. out. No, no. They, they're, I, they're I, swing, I, I swing the sword with Leach. He's right. getting it done. Yeah, Friday night. He's going to throw, throw the ball 80 times. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's keep it moving. Mississippi State 3-1 and one at Auburn. Auburn quietly 13th in the country right now, Buck. And uh, you've got Nick Fitzgerald, all the hype coming into last week's game. Came off because you hear that chingling, People jumping off the All the people jumped off the bandwagon, but I'm not. Whoa. Or Mississippi State, if I had the cowbells, I would go with it. Yeah. Mississippi State, lone wolf. And by the way, when I saw Coach Harbaugh's comments about the locker room at Purdue, I, all I could think of was playing at Mississippi State and thinking that was the worst in my high school locker room. I don't know. Maybe it's better now. But in circa – I think they late, did upgrade Davis Wade Stadium. Circa, circa late 90s, no bueno. I think the, they have uh, a Mississippi whole State new, locker room. They have a whole new uh, uh, facility there in one of the end zones. I yeah, think. it was yeah. no good. Those cowbells, I still heard those things. Clang, 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 clang. Oh, man, we played them in the Peach Bowl in the Georgia Dome. And if you can only imagine those cowbells in a dome where it's bouncing off and ricocheting. You caught a you caught a D ball in that game, didn't you? I did catch D ball. We 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 had some. That's what right. I'm talking about. We That's lost right. a, we lost a close game. That's my first college start at Mississippi Ooh, State. Mississippi State. Yeah, back Sorry. in the day, we we should have won the game. Didn't win it. It's kind of the App State way right now. Although I was with North Louis, Northeast Louisiana back then. All right, let's go. How about this game? And uh, and hat tip to to Kent here for reminding me. Miami 
at Duke, the crazy lateral game, huh? Yeah, well, it's crazy. Let's do it again. Yeah, it's crazy. This is a tough game because Duke is a really, really solid team. They're not going to beat themselves. We don't really know what Miami is at this stage, but what we're going to do is we're going to bank on the talent in South Florida, and we're going to say that their talent overwhelms Duke. Close game, but I'm going to go with you. All right, we all went with Miami. Clean sweep. And I think when you look at Mark Walton, one of the best running backs in the country. You know, Miami missed some time because of the hurricane, so we haven't heard that's much about nice the football team. That's a nice uniform right there. And that, that Carolina blue. That Carolina nice, blue. Yeah, Carolina nice blue. Uniform. Actually, in the picture for those listening was a, a picture of somebody from Duke being chased by somebody from North Carolina. We, we're not worried about that. Game those are minor we don't details. Have to, we don't have to talk about that. Minor game. detail. Wow. <laughs> Although, by the way, I know this is uh, – this is a football. We like to focus on the NFL and on college. But as a UNC basketball fan, man, the, everybody else around you is kind of following Louisville. You know, yeah, everybody's yeah, following yeah, them around. Yeah. Maybe. But they have, might they help have us the, a little bit. Yeah, there you they go. still have their own fish to fry. They're seeing that Tom Kareem may get that job. <laughs> He's not, he, why would he do that? He had to go through that whole mess. Oh, here again. we go. He's going to sign up for that again? Louisville. That's a plum job. College hoops talk here oh, on Move oh. the Sticks. <laughs> what we call Move the Nets? What we call? <laughs> yes. uh, Cutting the Nets. Yeah, there you go. Let's uh, let's get that going. All right, Georgia at Tennessee. Georgia 4-0 at the Fighting Sullies here. Uh, this is, man. It, it's Heartbreak Hotel because, see, well, is, I've it, done, is, it, I've is done, this a close game or no? It's a close game, but I did the thing with Tennessee. I went out on a limb with it. Like the Florida game, they lost me. I went – the game is wrapped – I'm in, I'm in the den. I'm like, oh, this is over. All you got to do is just back up. No deep balls. Don't let it flower yet. They give it. So now they lost me. You're off. I'm off. Georgia. I wanted to take Tennessee so bad, but every time, every time I go in on Tennessee, they burn me. Yeah, I got to let them go. So I had to let him go. And I think Sully back there is just doing the uh, – he's doing the pick the other team and hoping no, good luck. Or not you really, this time. Or you really think Georgia's going to – Dogs big. Really? Wow. Huge. Wow. He wants Butch Jones fired. That's the only reason you do that. That's well, no. Like that I'm, I'm not doing it. That Butch Jones is, I think, 0-11 at Tennessee against top 10 opponents. Tennessee hasn't won against a top 10 opponent. It has to happen at some point. Since 99. It has to happen at some point. An SEC opponent at home. Yes, it has to happen at some point, but – not this, this is not this, not this week. Not, not with this three point. linebackers out, two starting safeties out. Nick Chubb for 200 yards. All right, let's go through the rest of these games real quick here. We've got uh, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and uh, we are all on Oklahoma State to bounce back. We have Vanderbilt, Florida. Defense. Hey, look, me and Bucky went Vandy. I don't know if we're crazy. Probably yes. Uh, Sully and Kent went with Florida. Florida State, Wake Forest. This is, we, this is a tough game for Florida State. Uh, Florida State. Florida State's going to be fine because App State beat up Wake Forest so bad oh, last week. Still winless, Florida State. Yeah, right, they haven't got a win. Yeah. Memphis, UCF, great game this week. That is a great game. How about Riley Ferguson? Let's say Riley Ferguson goes big. 450 yards I'm with from Riley. You. You I'm with are, you, Bucky. I'm you, with you, Fergie. You and Sully both on them. Uh, me and Kent are going to go with the with Scott Frost and the Knights here <laughs> in Central Florida. <laughs> is Scott then, Frost going to play quarterback? I'll tell you what. Let's do the score on this last one. Ole Miss at Alabama. Give me a score. Uh, they're going to the shit. How many picks does Shea Patterson they're have? Going to, they're going to the woodshed. Three? Uh, I'm going to go 49-20. No, no, no. I, I said the end of the game score. No, no, 49-20. No, yeah, no, not the half. So you're saying – oh, you're saying okay. – I don't think they're going – I don't think they're going to like – I'm going to say north of 50. Wow. Can, Alabama, show of hands behind the glass, north of 50 for can Alabama. Alabama score 50 points? I know they beat yes. Vanderbilt. Come on. Yes. Yes. I yes. got a couple hands oh, man. back yes. up there. Man, if it wasn't for the pride fact, I might that, – that almost makes me want to flip my pick. I'm not. Really? I'm not because I'm not an emotional – picker however <laughs> you, i feel like y'all are being a little disrespectful let's go let's go uh chips inside the green room which don't cost anything so technically this is not any kind of okay chips 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 in the green room that what, what is the line what is the line 20, I, I, i'll say i'll say i'll give you 24 
24 points? 24 points. Well, I got chips, chips in the chips in the green. I got that. I got that. Now, we're even throwing okay. a Coke. We're throwing a Coke on that. Okay, cool. And Shea Patterson throws for north of 400 yards against Alabama's defense. Okay, I'll take both those. Uh, 28 points. They opened up at 28. Oh, I love it. Come on, Shay. Can you get me an antacid for next week? I'm going to need yeah. all those chips I'm going to be eating. <laughs> Shea Patterson. Soda. Shea Patterson. Three picks. Wake up Look, Chad Kelly can do it. Shea Patterson definitely can do it. Hugh Freeze ain't walking through that door, Buck. AJ no, he's Brown. not. A.J. Brown. He's good. It's an angry bunch. Alabama's not messing around. They're going to run the ball right down their throats. You saw Cal. Well, Cal did old man. I hope they, hope they run it quick so they can get the ball back. This ain't going to work well. Uh, hey, that's uh, that's going to do it for us here today. Remember, all of our video content, nfl.com slash mtsvideo, youtube.com slash nfl. You can find it all. Bucky's Notebook's got all kinds of goodies. We're, we're giving you three episodes a week. That Sunday night episode's been a lot of fun, by the way. That, that's what I want right along. So need more people to download. I need more people to subscribe to that. we got to get more people on that. All right, Bucky's just made the call there. We'll get that done. All right, that's going to do it for us here. This has been Move the Sticks, presented by the Ford F-Series. Thanks for checking it out, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.